Welcome to the COVID-19 Physician Wellness Podcast, an opportunity to provide ongoing updates and information to physicians during the COVID-19 pandemic. In part two of our first podcast, Dr. Curtis Johnston, Edmonton's own Deputy Medical Director, and Dr. Deborah Wurzfeld, co-lead for the AHS Physician Wellness Portfolio, talk about the impact social isolation and social media have on wellness. Hello, I'm Dr. Kurt Johnston, an intensive care physician and the Deputy Zone Medical Director in Edmonton Zone with Alberta Health Services. With me today, I have Dr. Deborah Wurtzfield, a surgeon and Associate Chief Medical Officer, Physician Health, Diversity and Wellness with Alberta Health Services. The current climate in healthcare has recently been strongly impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. Anxiety and fear around personal safety and uncertainty have made it imperative that we think about how leaders can positively affect those around them, how people can enhance their own resilience, how the effect of the environment on mental health and mental illness impacts us and what we can do to strive for wellness and prevent burnout. This podcast aims to provide healthcare leaders with information around these very important and timely issues. So let's move on to another topic that's quite commonly heard and that's about social isolation and what the impact that social isolation might have on mental health. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So yeah, I think this is a great area to talk about because in the acuity of what's happening, I don't think that we have really turned any of our thoughts or efforts towards what happens to people when we ask them to socially isolate or to socially distance themselves. Um, people are becoming increasingly aware that social isolation can impact on both physical and mental health. I think across the globe, there is variability in the extent of social, social isolation that people are experiencing. There are people uh, who are at high risk in some jurisdictions who are being asked to socially isolate to a more comprehensive and pervasive approach in certain countries. Uh, some areas have closed uh, schools, bars, or restaurants. Others have ordered people to stay at home to work where possible. In France, people are allowed to visit supermarkets and pharmacies and, and to work from home. Along with other efforts, Germany has closed places of worship and playgrounds. And across Canada, we have seen variability um, in the provinces and territories as to what people have been asked to do to socially isolate. Um, we need to understand that different people respond differently to social isolation, with some people experiencing increased anxiety or depression, even in short-term situations. Humans are really social beings, and even those with a, a very strong preference for um, introversion or being by themselves have a need for social contact. Fortunately, our current access to others through emailing, texting, as you've alluded to, and other forums such as Zoom, where people can see each other in real time are available. Um, resources such as Zoom allow us to maintain face-to-face -face contact and the benefit from the social cues, which are essential in human interaction. So a number of the types of um, news um, information information and other things, articles that are coming out to us don't really allow this essential part of human interaction. And we should take it upon ourselves to reach out to others and maintain the connections which we have taken for granted during our regular working days. Again, this connection really speaks again to resiliency. Yeah, it's so important. You know, we're, we're all just bombarded, are bombarded uh, with the 
the news and, and things on social media. And, and I'm concerned what impact social media might actually have on our mental health. Do you have any thoughts on that? So this is another important area, which aside from social isolation, I think we're just beginning to get a handle on and explore. So the World Health Organization has suggested uh, not reading, listening to, or seeking out advice that will make you more anxious. Uh, there's a lot of information coming at us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, and much of it um, may not specifically apply to us. It's also difficult to identify what sources can be trusted and which are reliable. So I think during these times, Kurt, it's important to limit social media intake to a few trusted sources, which you access a few times a day. Um, seeking out information which can assist you in taking practical steps towards helping your family, friends, colleagues, and even yourself in uncertain times. Um, what is really the purpose of why I'm ac accessing social media. You may need to consider deletion or selectively muting some of your social media accounts in preference for trusted sources and resources, um, recognizing that there is an endless stream of information available, a lot of which has not been verified. Mm, really good suggestions. What other suggestions do you have for maintaining wellness during this time? Thank you, Kurt. And I think, you know, this list could go on and on because wellness is really different for every individual and knowing what it is that makes you well. I think people are looking for complex or high level changes aimed at sustaining wellness and mental health. In line with paying attention to what we can control, many of the things that we can do are at the individual team or local level. We also need to remember that we respond differently to stress and we should be mindful of reactions in others. If we see other people acting out in a way that's outside of what we typically associate as normal for them, we need to reach out to them. In terms of mental illness, um, I think there's a few things that we should talk about. And one of them is the fear of being out of control and unable to tolerate uncertainty are common characteristics of many anxiety disorders. We need to be aware of this in ourselves and others and reach out to those who we think um, we perceive to be more anxious than normal or acting differently. Again, that really looking for people who are acting differently or outside what we normally would expect. Um, you know, a focus on hand washing may also be a trigger for some who suffer from obsessive compulsive disorder. And people need to consider perhaps sticking to a schedule for hand washing rather than just being told to engage in this activity often, which may, um, may elevate the symptoms for some people who uh, do suffer from um, obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, some with uh, obsessive compulsive disorder may also resort to social isolation themselves, and thus uh, a lift on a period of social isolation and returning to work may signal a difficult time. So again, coming back to the fact that socialization in and of itself is not just going away for 14 days as we normally would for a vacation, there are other uh, psychological things we may need to address in some people. Mm. Yeah, I, you know, I wonder when some people seem to be, uh, you know, I guess the word panic or showing high levels of anxiety in these times that our, our response as leaders, from what I'm hearing you say, is to respond with, with curiosity and, and uh, to reach out and to try to 
uh, approach that with empathy and with compassion. Uh, so important. Yeah, I think that's very important. Yes. Yeah. So can you just give us your thoughts a little bit about differentiating between social distancing? You know, that is the, the instructions we've been given to stay more than two meters apart to prevent the spread of a virus versus versus social isolation. Yes, and I think as we spoke about, this is really a place where I'd like to reiterate, if you're asked to socially isolate, this does not mean that you can't reach out to people. Keeping in virtual contact and checking in with family, friends, and colleagues often is probably essential. There's a comfort in knowing that others are dealing with the same realities. We tend to get trapped in the thoughts that we're the only person who is suffering, and I think everyone uh, has had their lives shift in significant ways and just trying to figure out what lies ahead and recognizing that people are going through the same things is so valuable um, within uh, my practice um, and other sections we've instituted group whatsapp connections for discussions of non-clinical and personal issues and other groups are looking to zoom and other virtual meeting spaces uh, even for patient access so that we can again look to those social cues uh, that help to provide uh, successful communication um, and you can even have social gatherings through Zoom and uh, other online media. We need to remain open to new ideas around connections and getting the job done. And one thing that many experts are speaking about is really maintaining a schedule, um, which can introduce a sense of normalcy to the current events. Um, we should also consider reaching out to those who are coming back to work after a period of isolation. I think at several points I've spoken to the fact that this is really not like a, a vacation. Uh, we, having been separated from others who are on the front lines or part of one's everyday work environment can be stressful. It can be a guilt-inducing as others are aware that you were isolated over concerns of exposure. Um, even if you've not tested positive um, others may experience relief after returning to work, after socialization. Um, others may continue to worry for their own health of, or the health of those around them or experience ongoing stress from the self-monitoring that they're doing for symptoms. Um, as we speak, as we've spoken about previously, uh, this may be compounded by antecedent mental health concerns or mental illness. So I think really in ourselves, in leaders, we need to really be more aware of what's going on around us and addressing things which seem outside uh, the norm. Hmm. Yeah, you know, as healthcare workers, we know that uh, at the best of times where there's a very high risk of burnout. Um, and I can only imagine that the risk of burnout is even going to be higher now with the, the crisis that we're facing. I'd be really interested in, in what thoughts you may have about, and suggestions you might have about dealing with, with burnout. So I think that's a very important thing to discuss. And, and some of these are a reiteration of what we've already discussed. It's important that we recognize the current situation will likely last several months. It's probably not going to be short term, and it'll be important for people to have downtime. It will be important to continue to partake in activities which are important for each individual in terms of their own physical and mental health, and 
on a simple side, for people to get outside, social distancing doesn't negate the fact that we can get outside and enjoy perhaps the spring weather, depending on where you are. Um, we need to acknowledge that everyone, again, is in a time of uncertainty and speak with others about this. We need to be mindful that one of the best ways to prevent burnout, an aspect of this um, is to figure out what lies within our control. Um, a lot of things may not seem to be in your control and recognizing um, what is there for you, what is in your control and how you can uh, react around that. Um, also, again, I want to come back to recognizing that what might seem like disruptive behavior in those around you or responses that are more exaggerated likely reflect the additional stress. Be compassionate, be empathetic, as you've alluded to in your response, and it will promote wellness in both of you. Both people stand to gain from this. So you will have many thoughts and feelings which are anxiety provoking and which can even question moving forward. Recognize that everybody's having thoughts um, outside those they normally have. This is part of the human experience. We are all human. Awareness of this will allow you to let them pass. For those who are more visual, you might want to even practice watching these thoughts float away. If they don't, reach out to those whom you trust to discuss your thoughts and ideas with. So in summary, focus on the present, what you can do now, what you have control of, and things which you know have been effective in the past. Uh, define those things which are within your control and look for practical solutions to what you are dealing with in the here and now. Do what you can to maintain open communication channels, even virtual ones. Strengthen the relationships with your team members regardless of where people are located and take care of each other. Well, Deborah, you have such a, a lot of great messages and uh, give us hope and, and a sense of direction. I know one thing I've taken away from our discussion today is is that it's not business as usual and it won't be business as usual for quite a few months. And uh, so what new schedule might I create that helps me focus on maintaining my own wellness and my own resiliency and putting some of these great ideas you have uh, into action? So it's it's been so good to chat with you about this. I thank you so much for your time and, and for the very practical, practical and meaningful suggestions that I know will help support so many through this very trying time. This has been the COVID-19 Physician Wellness Podcast. If you're interested in joining the Frontline Physician Zoom Room held on Monday and Wednesdays from 4 to 5 p.m. or have suggestions for future topics, please email mdwellness at ahs.ca. Together, we'll get through this. Thanks for listening.